We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. I'm your host tonight, Jacob, a.k.a. the Thunder Mob. We're going to chat about what I think is the best Thunder win of the season. 118-112 over the league's leading Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee came into the game tonight with the best record in the NBA. The Thunder take care of business, beating Milwaukee by six at home to extend the winning streak to five games now. I want to start off, before we do anything, I think it would be an injustice to talk about anything before this game or anything about this game before I talk about the Thunder defense. Because, so the, the second half, yeah, the Bucks scored like 70 points, which is a freaking lot. But the first half, they scored... 42, is that right? 42? The Thunder defense just absolutely smothering. If you follow me on Twitter, my my Twitter account is at ThunderMob405. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw earlier today that I tweeted, I thought that this game would be a very difficult defensive matchup for the Thunder because Giannis is such a unique talent in that um, his length, his size... Uh, how much ground he can cover with one step, his ability to get to the rim. I thought that Lopez would be a handful for Steven because of the style of defense the Thunder play with Lopez popping out to shoot threes. I thought that would be a a difficult issue. And then you have Chris Middleton, who is really, really good. And so I thought this game would be a, a really difficult defensive game for the Thunder. Yeah, they gave up 112 points. Like, I get that. The defense was 
phenomenal. Okay. When you look at the Bucks overall numbers, um, 40 and a half percent from three, that's not good. Uh, 43% from the field. That's really good. Uh, the Bucks had 39 buckets. They, they scored 39 baskets, only 22 assists. That's pretty good. But the, the thing about the defense tonight was how crisp the rotations were. I mean, there's multiple plays you can go back and look in this game and see how the Milwaukee Bucks move the ball around the perimeter and the Thunder just with it, step for step for step, contesting shots, making guys put the ball on the floor, driving to the rim, and then blocking shots. Thunder end up with 10 blocks tonight, which is awesome. Uh, I thought Nerland's Noel's defense was great. I thought Paul George's defense was great. I thought Russell Westbrook played a really, really good and locked-in defensive game. But all of those don't come into comparison to Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant was insane tonight. 33 minutes. He was, for the most part, I would say about 80% of Giannis's time on the court, he was matched up against Jeremy Grant. Uh, Nerland's got some time on Giannis. Paul George got some time on Giannis. Patrick Patterson got some time on Giannis. But it was mainly Jeremy Grant for the most part. Uh, Jeremy Grant had five blocks. He had, it says zero steals. So I guess some of the shots that I, or some of the plays that I thought were steals ended up being blocks. But he just did an insane job of keeping Giannis in front of him, uh, backpedaling. I thought Jeremy Grant's positioning was perfect as far as when Giannis caught the ball kind of isolated at the top of the key, Grant played two steps off of him. And if Giannis started to pull up for a three, Grant could jump out and get a late contest. And yeah, Giannis hit a couple of three-pointers. That's not his game. He's not good at shooting. Like for the season, I don't know what his percentage is, three-point shooting on the season. It's not good, right? So Jeremy Grant played that smart by playing two steps off of Giannis Number one, it tempts Giannis to shoot. But number two, it gives Jeremy that that space, that gap, where if Giannis starts to drive, Jeremy can start to move his feet, right? He's got that head start. And he just did phenomenal. Stayed in front of Giannis, blocked him, um, made everything that he did difficult. I mean, the guy was 0 of 7 from the floor in the first half, okay? He ends up 8 of 22. So that means he, he made eight baskets in the second half. Uh, he went to the free throw line a lot. He shot 12 free throws, had 18 rebounds, four assists, 27 points on eight of 22. Uh, you you take that. And plus minus, Giannis was a zero. So his team was not better or worse when he was on the court. It was just flat. That's incredible. Jeremy Grant deserves all the credit tonight for his incredible defensive performance. You cannot ask for anything more than what Jeremy Grant did. He was, I thought, absolutely phenomenal tonight. My next point I wanted to talk about was the Thunder's bench. Their bench play tonight I thought was was awesome. Only four bench players, again, Hamadou Diallo is essentially out of the rotation. He hasn't played the last three games. So the bench players, again, tonight, uh, you have one guard and Schroeder. Uh, you have the two forwards, Abdul Nader and Patrick Patterson. And then you have your center, Nerlens Noel. Uh, every bench player played at least 15 minutes. 
The bench scored a total of 24 points. That's awesome. Every single bench player was a positive in the plus minus. That's awesome. The bench had eight assists. That's awesome. And they shot the ball pretty well. I mean, Schroeder was four of 11, but he was two of four from three. Nader, two of four. Patterson, no of one. Nerlens, three of seven. The bench came in defensively with just a spark. I think Nerlens Noel has just been incredible for this team. His, his Stephen Adams got hurt in the first half, and Nerlens came in and played a bulk of the first half minutes after Adams got hurt. And he was incredible. He was blocking shots. He was rotating. He was moving his feet. He was uh, getting steals. He was contesting shots. Like he, he's just he, he's a solid defender because he uses his length so well. I thought the the bench deserved a lot of credit tonight. Four of eleven isn't great shooting for Schroeder, but two of four from three is awesome. Four of five from the free throw line is awesome. Seven assists is what I really like to see. And we had started to notice a trend that that Schroeder's minutes were shrinking and, and Ferguson's were going up. Well, Ferguson, 27 minutes tonight, Schroeder, 28. So they're basically even on minutes for the night, and I thought they were both awesome uh, in, in their contributions. So huge shout-out to the bench. Um, speaking of the bench, I wanted to throw this out there. Pre-game today, some, some beat reporters uh, mainly – referring to Eric Horn of the the Daily Oklahoman and Brett Dawson of The Athletic, talked to Billy Donovan and asked him about Alex Abrinas and whether Abrinas maybe would get some like rehab time down in the G League. And Billy's answer was interesting. He said that Alex is not ready to play basketball, whether that be G League or NBA. That's interesting because whenever they put Alex on the active roster, I think the first game that they did that was Monday whenever they were up in New York. I thought, okay, he's getting closer. Maybe he'll play Thursday against Portland. Didn't happen. And then I thought, surely after two days off, he'll play Sunday against Milwaukee. And basically, Billy says today that Alex isn't ready to play basketball. So still, what's up with Alex? You know, we don't know. I'm not going to speculate on it, but it's interesting. It seems like he's farther away from getting back on the court than than what we originally thought. And so I wonder if that kind of changes what the Thunder maybe look to do either at the trade deadline or in the buyout market as far as maybe looking to get a wing that can play the two slash three for this team coming down the stretch because the Alex Abrinas thing is weird, and Hamadou Diallo seems to be completely out of the rotation now. Next point I wanted to talk about is Paul George is freaking good at basketball. Like, stupid good at basketball. Plus 16 on the night, 36 points on 12 of 21 shooting, 8 of 12, 66% from the three-point line, 13 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, absolutely incredible. He baptized Giannis on Tentencumpo, just threw the nastiest dunk down on that guy's head when the game was in the balance with about a minute and a half left, just smashed it on him. Next possession down, he sits there. He sizes his defender up, pulls up three, splash. That shot basically put the game away. Paul George... 
historically in his career has been known as not a clutch player. He's changing that narrative this season. I don't think Paul George is going to win MVP. But if he did, tonight is an MVP moment. 36 points just completely outplayed Giannis, won the Thunder the game. Uh, just incredible, incredible from Paul George. Can't ask for anything more. He was absolutely insane. He's so good. He's so good. Like, he's probably front runner for Defensive Player of the Year, and he's got to be top four for MVP. Like, he's just having an absolutely killer, insane, awesome season. And tonight was just another example of that. 36, 13, and 3 with three steals and 66% from the three-point line. Not like it was on small attempts. He shot 12 threes, and he shot 66%. The guy is damn good. Like, damn good. And it's a blast to watch. And it's incredible that he is in Oklahoma City for his prime. Like, we're so lucky. We're just so lucky. His running mate, Russell Westbrook, uh, 13 points on 20 shots, 5 of 20. Russell did shoot 2 of 3 from 3-point line. Uh, He missed a lot of... Russ didn't really get downhill as much today. He shot more of those mid-ranges, and they just weren't dropping. But 13 rebounds, 11 assists, a steal, a block. Russ was a minus 11, which is kind of surprising. I thought Russ played a good game. Minus his shooting, I thought Russ was very dialed in defensively. And I thought, again... He really controlled the game with his passing. He still draws a lot of attention when he gets moving towards the basket. And I thought he dropped some great passes to teammates and set up his teammates, put them in great position to score the ball. Russell Westbrook has... um, It's a different Russell Westbrook. He's very clearly deferring to Paul George late in the game, and it's working. He's setting up his teammates, and it's working. He's more bought in defensively this year than we've seen in a long time, and it's working. So pretty happy with with Russ's game. If, if he can get that little mid-range cotton shot to fall, he's going to be just fine. You know, tonight he, he only went to the free throw line twice, which is not very Russell Westbrook. But great game, I thought, by Russell Westbrook, minus the shooting. I mean, the rest of the starters, Steven Adams, 7 of 10, Grant, 5 of 10, Ferg, 6 of 10. I thought the shot distribution was was really great tonight. Russ and Paul George both took 20 shots. After that, Schroeder, Ferguson, Adams, and Grant all took 10 shots, um, dividing up the wealth very well. So you got to be happy with that. Um, we have a few Twitter questions. I wanted to jump in and make sure I answered those uh, for those people who, who tweeted in questions. I wanted to make sure I, I got to them, so I'm pulling up the Twitter account right now. And then after that, we'll uh, we'll look forward to what the what the next few games look like, and then get out of here. So Twitter questions. First one is from Stephen McCleskey. He's at Band Director OK. Robertson becomes an expiring contract next season. Tifer continues to improve as both a defender and a shooter. What does Dre's role look like moving forward? You know, Stephen, I think this is a this is a great question. And I think we've discussed this a lot. It's interesting. You know, personally, I don't think if if Andre Robertson, if he came back and they said he's good to go, 
He's he's cleared everything. He can play right after the All-Star break. I think you still start Terrence Ferguson. And I think Andre Robertson comes off the bench. That's how good I think Terrence Ferguson has been. Will they trade Andre Robertson over the summer? There's a possibility that expiring maybe is is interesting to some teams. Um, it might not be over the summer, but closer to the to the beginning of the season. It would also depend on if the Thunder get another wing, uh, how Hamadou Diallo develops, et cetera, et cetera. But it's an interesting question because last year we thought Andre Robertson was absolutely like irreplaceable on this team because of the defensive value he brought and how bad the defense cratered when he left. But now with Terrence Ferguson, uh, not as good of a defender, but almost a great shooter, crazy athlete, and 20 years old. You know, I, I, I think the writing is on the wall for Andre Robertson. Next, we have Thunder underscore Thunder at Never Never Lose. A bunch of defensive plays from the Thunder tonight were so impressive. Which one, in your opinion, showed the most vintage pattern of Thunder defense? That's a great question. There was a lot of flashy plays today, but I think maybe what was the most impressive defensive play for me today was it was either in the third or the fourth quarter where the Thunder had um, had defended a pick and roll. The Bucks kicked the ball out, and the Thunder were, were one man off like because they had doubled the pick and roll. And so the Bucks start whipping the ball around the, the perimeter, trying to find the open shooter. And just the Thunder's rotations, getting back to shooters, uh, eventually ending up and closing out on a guy, making him drive and pass, and resulted in a missed shot. Uh, just that attention to detail, how the whole defense was on a string, moving back and forth, was impressive. And you could tell that they were dialed in today. And when that team is dialed in, uh, they are scary defensively. Last Twitter question from the night comes from Jay Cub. He's at Vulgar Knight 297. Does tonight prove we can beat anybody in a seven-game series? Jacob, I would say no. I thought tonight was the most impressive win of the season, the most impressive game of the season. I thought the Thunder played incredible. Uh, Golden State's the best team in the league. They can't beat Golden State in a seven-game series. I think any other team in the league, it, well, and that's interesting because we and you know, those teams that they haven't played yet, like Toronto, that's going to be fascinating. Um, but I would say any team besides Golden State and potentially Toronto, I think the Thunder could hang with any team in the league in a seven-game series. I, I legitimately, honestly think that. I think they could hang with Houston. I think they could hang with Denver. I think they could hang with Milwaukee or Philadelphia or Boston. Toronto, we don't know yet. The Thunder will play Toronto. Uh, I can't remember if it's February or March, but I know it's a back-to-back. They play Toronto up in Canada, then a night off, then they play Toronto in Oklahoma City. So it's uh, two straight games of Toronto. So we'll see how they fare against them. Golden State is, I mean, they're starting five All-Stars. You know, they're legitimately, they have five All-Stars on their team. So that one's that one's hard to say. All right, let's, uh, well, maybe we have some more Twitter questions in. Let's see real quick. Nope. Okay. Let's bump some some outro music. Let's get out of here. Coming up, 
The Thunder have Orlando down in Florida Tuesday night. They then have Miami in Florida two nights later. And then they go up the coast to Boston. Three-game road stretch. Hopefully the Thunder can go two and three in that. I think everyone would be pretty happy if they went two and three. You would uh, realistically expect them to win those those two games in Florida. The game up in Boston will be difficult. Boston's um, Boston's finding their groove a bit, but it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting trip. I think I think two and three is is respectable though. So we'll see. Thank you guys for checking out the post game podcast. Really appreciate you. If you're not already subscribed at really anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can subscribe to us. So do that. Drop us a five-star review. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. If you want to follow me, I'm at thundermob405. Thanks for checking us out and uh, thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.